We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. A little late this week. It's because the flu's tearing through Las Vegas and around the country. So, you know, it hit um, the Hale family pretty bad. Prayers out to Andreas and the fam over there. Sick wife, sick baby. So he got he got a lot to do, man. A lot to do. But because of that, we are joined by Justin Ivy, Hip Hop DX in the building, and Reverse Rat Pack group chat member. Justin, what up? Hey, what up, Kel? Good to be talking to you. No, it's great, man. It's great. It's great uh, having you on the phone. You guys don't know, but I'll school you on Justin real quick. He is 
the connoisseur of Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I never yeah. have to watch Impact at all because his recaps on our group chat makes me feel like I've watched the entire year of Impact Wrestling. Keeps us all up to date. Uh, I can't get through a show, man. I, I applaud you. I can't, I can't get through a full <laughs> Impact taping. But you are on it. Glad to be of service. <laughs> so um, we might talk a little Impact like towards the okay. end. You know, people people don't get the impact flavor on the corner podcast. So so you bring a new dynamic. Um, but we got to start off with like we usually start off outside of the realm of combat sports. Something that caught my eye on Twitter today that I want to ask your opinion on and share my opinion about. And that Shannon Sharp must have had, you know, was, he had a long day. It's Friday. He's preparing for the weekend. He had the Henny out, you know, a little bit of yak and a black mild, I'm sure, when he was tweeting this. And he said Lou Will is whack for snitching on NBA players. Because someone asked him what it was like to have two girlfriends. And he said, you know what? More NBA players have two girlfriends than you know about. I'm not sure if that's snitching. I, he ain't put no names out there. You can't snitch if you don't put a name out there. Right, right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't think it was snitching. I, I think it was more... Uh... Almost a little bit of uh, defense is like, hey, Drake put his business out there. <laughs> you know, he, he word. And listen, he had the nice setup. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. He had the two girlfriends. They were both perfectly fine with it. You know, they went out. They celebrated. It was a nice poly relationship for you know twenty was that 2016 or whatever. One chick is no longer his girlfriend, just a friend. In which I don't believe that at all. You don't go from being a girlfriend and then just like, oh, she's just my friend. Like I come on, you you don't go backwards in relationships. But that's what he says, and he's trying to wife up one of the other chicks that were in a relationship. That I, I'll believe that when I see it by Lou Will. But I don't think he was snitching, and that brings me to the point of Justin. Have you ever had two girlfriends at once? I have not, and I don't even know how one does it. <laughs> It seems like a lot of work. Have you dated two chicks at once? Not even like, okay, you're my girlfriend. You're my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in the adult dating world, it took me a while to do this because I was like married right out of high school mm. and then wasn't, you know, separated or divorced or anything until like I was 24, 25. So I hit the ground running and I was like, I got to learn how to date like an adult. That's like really one of the biggest concerns of my life at that point. It wasn't like, yo, what am I going to live? Like, what's my career? You know, marriage kind of over. It was like, okay, is my kids good? How the hell am I going to date like an adult? So I tried to figure this out. And I guess like until you're exclusive, you do whatever the hell you want. So at, at certain points I'm dating and like, you know, everybody got a roster. I had like a strong start in five. I, I you know, like a Golden State Warrior start in five. Everyone holds their weight. And that shit was exhausting. And, mm. and I had no obligations to any of them. So if I didn't want to see one, I didn't have to see one. When you get a girlfriend, I you know I talk about my fiance on the podcast all the time, wrestling fan. I love her. She's listening. But it takes a lot of effort. I'm willing to put in so she don't kill me. Uh, a lot of effort to make sure that goes right. I couldn't do it twice. It's not even feasible. Oh no, that, that it seems it, it seems like Herculean effort to me. 
to attempt to try to have two women at once. That's just, uh, it's like, I, I don't even like all props to Lou Williams for doing that somehow, but it's like, it, I, I can't even picture the dynamics of, of the time that it would even take. He was celebrating two full ass birthdays every year, <laughs> like extravagant. I got NBA player money birthdays and Toronto right. ain't cheap. Not like he lived in a, a cheap city. Like he was housing two grown women. They didn't work. They were just like on IG all day. <laughs> so he, they just going shopping with his money all day. And that's what's even worse. I let my fiance go shopping. She goes shopping without me. She goes by herself. Cool. She'll buy like maybe one or two things. She ends up putting back more stuff than she buys. And I think this is a woman thing. Like if they go shopping by their damn selves, they're kind of rational. If a woman goes shopping with a friend, you damn near end up broke. Because the friend is the co-signer. And she's like, girl, that looks good. Buy that. Buy this. Buy that. That's his relationship at all times. Mm. One girl's like, you know what? You get those shoes. She's like, you know what? I need shoes too. She's like, oh, we need a purse with those shoes. He's doubling everything. How he still yeah, has that, money, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's very weird to think of. It's like, you know, you hear people, you know, the Mormon religion and stuff like that. Which like you never hear just like just regular ass guy just with two girlfriends and like it's all you know it's always a, a side chick it's all it's <laughs> it's never like that and even and they're cool and they hang out you know that that's just uh, yeah it kind of blows my mind yeah he went straight up with it not even like super sister wives ish he didn't pull for like five of them but you know he, he was like I got two they know each other we're rocking as a triangle here and they they did their thing um i went to school in utah and lived around polygamists that shit is crazy mm. um that actually doesn't seem like it takes too much effort they have like a pretty good setup going like the dude is like yo you get tuesday and thursdays you get wednesday and fridays the women go together and do all the shopping the men really don't do shit besides go to work come home get their feet rubbed this is different he had two ig models he had two mm. regular ass women like, the polygamists I saw, like, the women, they came together. They understood, like, they were doing stuff for their man. This guy is actively trying to appease two women. Because, really, let's be honest. Like, you date in 2018, 2017. You're dating in this climate. As a man, your job is to not have the chick leave you. Like, your, your whole job is to appease her. I, I don't know if it was different back in the 90s. I got to ask old man Andreas. I don't know. But... I don't. I know now. Your sole job as a man is to not mess shit up. And Agreed. I'm not smart enough to do that with two different people at the same damn time. I'm going wrong somewhere. It's it's too much error. And him saying that other NBA players do that, no other NBA players do that the way he did it. Mm. And he just implied everyone has a side chick, which isn't snitching because he didn't name names. But he kind of put it out there like, you know what? The side chick wave is very prevalent in the NBA. Oh, yeah. I think I think the the thing that saves Lou, though, is like, who didn't think the side chick wave was prevalent in the NBA? <laughs> True. It's not like a hidden thing, right? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. NBA players cheat? It's like he broke kayfabe. 
Like, <laughs> like, no, like we knew this. It's 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 all good. We we know that he's exposing the business. Yeah. So Shad is sharp, just being just a, just beside himself over these comments is baffling. Cause Shannon Sharp probably got a side chick. He got a beautiful wife. He parades her around and hit the red carpet. But Shannon probably it hit him in the heart. Like, yo, is he really out in me right now? Like, like why he got to do this? He, did, to me. he didn't want that question at night at all. And it's bad enough he already shot a shot at uh Eddie Murphy's old chick. Mm, yeah. Publicly. Oh and yeah, that was a, he was all over social media with that. Yeah, it didn't care at all. Wifey's at home. Like, ha ha ha. Like, and he's like, nah, you know what? I'm trying to will this situation. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. He was planting the seeds for it. Now, Lou Will just, you know, blew his whole spot. I think that's why he's hurt. Um, let's get to someone who's really snitching. And you know more about this than me, I'm sure. Being in the hip hop DX loop, Troy Av snitching on Tax Zone. I missed this mm. situation, kind of. Did he really testify against him? Uh, no, not yet. Um, what happened was he just put out a music video for his for a song, and in it he's like admits that he's going to take the stand, and and because he's it's either him or Taxstone, basically. What? That, this shit ain't cool. Like, like, hold on. So he's bragging about taking the stand and snitching. It would seem that way. It's it's kind of it's it's a pretty wild story. Is like um, I don't know if you remember the shooting. It was at Irving Plaza in New York at a um, at a Ti concert. And what happened? It was the end result was Troy's bodyguard died. He got shot at it. In the aftermath, Troy got charged, and so everybody was thinking. Oh, the first uh, reaction was, "Oh, he shot his own guy," and then it came out that no, he was he was uh, he was uh, on probation or something and didn't have a gun with him. And so then it centered on Taxstone because they got some kind of beef uh, old, the, that's been broiling up ever since, and Taxstone ended up popping up as the sh- alleged shooter. And so now, now it's either. Troy testifies on Taxstone, or you know, I don't know. I guess Taxstone might get out otherwise. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't see the downside for Troy Av here. Like, how mm. are you painting it's a me versus him scenario when you got nothing to lose? You had no gun, you shot nobody. It's pretty much a I'm either going to lock him up or I'm going to let him walk scenario. That's a damn yep. shame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, it, I know it, this is your career. It's just kind of wild to admit it. Uh, <laughs> I think in the song is just what's kind of no. crazy and everybody's unbelievable. This is your industry and your livelihood, Justin. I understand this. Yes. But hip-hop is all the way messed up in 2018. Oh, yes. There, there's dudes with rainbow-colored hair and grills and multiple <laughs> tattoos that back in my day insinuated something in the bedroom. I have no clue what it means nowadays. And so there's those type of people running amok in the industry. You know, there's there's a guy with multiple X's in his name, and I still don't know how to pronounce that shit. Um, <laughs> randomly X-X in and out of Tentacion. Tentacion. Okay, <laughs> I, that's just not even a word. 
By the way, (laughs) that has no meaning. And then there's people who are trying to keep the New York culture alive. The shit we remember, the nostalgia, the 50 cents, who also may have snitched on people in the song um, back in 2000. But we're not bringing that up right now. Uh, But, you know, there's these people championed him before Mm. there was the kid who releases music now who's pretty good from New York. Tall kid, used to play basketball. Nonetheless, uh, before he was there, people thought Troy Ave was going to be that guy. And now he's snitching. Proudly snitching. Music, hip-hop music, is in for a whole world of hurt. It's a a damn shame. I can't even look at it the same. And (laughs) now, you know, Dre Dre would say differently. I mean, you know, Dre, he's not for the kids. But he'd say, we're fine. Kendrick won the Grammy. At the top, hip-hop is strong. And even then, I'm like, yeah, there's very few at the top. Like, Kendrick winning the Grammy, first of all, was a surprise to me. I thought Jay-Z's album was better. Um, oh, really? I, I did. I, just as far as, like, that category. I really like this Kendrick album, though. I, as far as Kendrick's music go, um, I usually like all his albums. Section 80 was dope. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City. I've publicly said on this podcast how I feel uh, about the third album, so I will not bring that up again. <laughs> I shall not even mention the name of the album to not enrage the audience. But this last one, Dan was dope. And it won. Do you think do you think it was deserving? I do. I think uh at DX we voted it um album of the year. So I wasn't surprised when Kendrick cleaned up. Um the only one I thought he might lose was just uh, record of the year uh rap record just because uh you know Cardi B's Bodak Yellow was just so big. I thought it might get some love there, but I wasn't surprised he cleaned up. Yeah, nah, it, it seems like she'll clean up at the BT Awards. BT yeah, Awards have to be all Cardi this year. <laughs> and I'm for it. I, I, I want her to host it if we can. Queen Cardi. Yeah, she, probably, she probably will at, at, this, at, at, at this rate. She's got a Super Bowl commercial. She's, I, she's a mainstream star. I, I'm here for it, yo. Everyone from the BX doing well gets my vote. Bronx in the house, Queen Cardi. I, I need to get my Cardi merch up. I want to get a Cardi Christ t-shirt. Soon come. <laughs> Cardi Christ and CrossFit Jesus, back-to-back days. Oh, man. <laughs> That's CrossFit Jesus. Uh, those are the two shirts I need. Just going to be blasphemous. Those are my Easter weekend outfits right there. Just rocking that. <laughs> Cardi Christ and then CrossFit Jesus for Easter. Keep your eyes on that, people. I'm, I'm making it happen. Um, so... We, we know it's good at the top. Give us hope for the bottom. Since you write about this every day, you know what's going on. Are there any young people or, or just new artists to look for, artists in general, that are bright in our day in 2018? And please do not mention Tentacion or uh, Kawasaki 6ix9ine. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Takeshi 6ix9ine, but I will not mention. That shit sounds like the best 90s video game ever. It does. It sounds like something on the uh, N64 would yeah. come out. Yeah, it's like Tekken version 69. Like, it, it's perfect. It's. Uh, I feel like he's going in that route. So, yes. No, Takashi, you said? Takeshi. 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 Uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, yes, uh, hopefully they don't make the list. Who would you have on your you know, top five artists to look out for? 
All right. The uh, first one I'd have is a duo named Earth Gang, and they are currently signed to J. Cole's Dreamville Records. They inked a deal last year. They've got a few EPs on his label, and they've got one more coming, and then their debut album for Dreamville. So I would say they're definitely one to watch out. They're out of Atlanta. Okay. Do they sound like Migos, or are they like real rappers? They're, I'd say they're more akin to Outkast. Oh, all right. I'm with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not, the, not the traditional Atlanta you've been hearing from the last you know five years or so. Okay. And second, I'd go with a guy named IDK. He used to be JIDK, but now it's just IDK. He's out of DC. What happened to the J? Dude, does anyone know? Did I do not know what happened to the okay. J. I guess I feel I like guess we need we need a journalist to ask that. Like just It might be a little I guess searching for the more SEO friendly. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But uh he he's really dope. He just dropped um uh, he just had an album last year um that had Delta Funky uh Funky Homo Sapien on it, MF Doom was on it. And then on the other side of the aisle, Chief Keef was on it. Young Gleesh was on it. So he's kind of covering all the bases, so to speak. I think he's a really kind of dynamic talent and somebody that definitely people should watch out for. All right. Young Gleesh just blew my mind. That just <laughs> it, it's making me feel old. Like 30 couldn't come fast enough because I don't a young Gleesh. Oh, God. All right. Um, anyone else you like who else are you looking at? Uh, right now, I like OMB Peasy out of uh, Alabama. He's a he's a he's a E4 protege. Okay, these, E40 protege. Excuse me. E4, uh, these names are just whoa. All right. <laughs> he just got signed to uh, 300, which is home of you know, uh, who, the who's who of today's stars. But he's kind of, he's a real li- uh, lyrical guy, and obviously with E40. Looking out for him, he's kind of got a real good uh, pedigree. So, I think he's somebody to watch out for. LMBPZ, right? OMBPZ. OMBP. What? There's too many damn letters in hip hop now. Okay. <laughs> yes, there are. There are a lot of it. YBN, Namir, NBA, Young Boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. OMBPZ. All kind. Right. <laughs> and I'll say, and, and I'm gonna do. I'll rep for my home state a little bit on the last two. I got uh, Alfred Banks out of New Orleans. Thank yeah, uh, a normal name, Alfred Banks. <laughs> that, I, that I can Google. I can find some shit. All right, Alfred Banks. I got I got two normal names going for you. This is Al, Alfred Banks. Uh, he just last year he put out an album called The Beautiful, and it was actually a, a concept album built around his brother's suicide. And it was really, it was really poignant, really well done. And he's he's got he's making moves, getting on tour, had a Volkswagen commercial actually. So I think uh, there's big things for him. And the other one is right out of my hometown. His name is Caleb Brown. He just signed last year with Rostrum Records, which is uh, Mac Miller's old home. And I think you know he he's kind of like that that you know, triple, uh, triple fast flow type guy, but, uh, really has a lot of that, uh, Southern sensibilities to the old days, the UGKs, the, you know, a little cl- classic kind of Southern funk to him too. 
So I think uh, he's another one to watch out. Oh, that's not bad. What town are you from in Louisiana? Because I know you're in Louisiana. I'm but... from Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. Baton Rouge. I didn't know that was the capital, by the way. I, yes. I know of Baton Rouge. I had no clue that was the capital. Yes, we have the capital and then LSU and, and Southern, and that's basically all we're known for. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you could be known for worse. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's places yeah. in Louisiana I'm sure people just have never been to. Oh, definitely. And they definitely. still have possums and a dude on the on the banjo. Oh, there's absolutely. We had, uh, speaking of possums, LSU's baseball team literally had a thing called a rally possum. <laughs> well, so that's, just, that's just life here. <laughs> there you go. Um, and it's the host of WrestleMania. I'm sure you guys will be hospitable hosts this year. Um, oh, yeah. With your, with your possums. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> all right, before we get into Royal Rumble and wrestling and everything, I just came from UFC headquarters, and they had the Tough Enough cast there and the two coaches. So we'll touch on that really quick before we take a break and then hit up a ton of wrestling. Uh, DC, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic, coaching Tough Enough, but even beyond that, champion versus champion for the heavyweight title, super fight. I feel like Dana White and the UFC are starting to book stuff like Vince McMahon. And I love it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love it. Like, you can't, you can't beat this shit. Like, who cares about contenders? Who cares about rankings? It's like, yo, Daniel, you doing anything in July? Nope. Stipe, you? Nope. You want to make a little bit of cash? Literally, a little bit of cash? Yeah, sure. Like, all right, you know, we'll give you like 800K to fight each other. It's like, oh, shit, why not? So I, I love that they announced this fight. I love the direction they're going. Um, UFC 226 here in Vegas, which, Justin, you're, feel free to come out for if you want. Uh, oh. You know, we can ch we can chill at the Shake Shack. You see how we're living. So, you know, we, right. we have a nice little town. You know, no, it's not. Appreciate. Yeah, it's not. Appreciate the invite. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's not down south, but, you know, we, you know, we get it popping over here. It's, it's not bad. Pool parties and such. We'll treat you right. Uh, but they can have three title fights on that card. Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw looking to piggyback off a bigger fight, and this seems perfect for those two. And then, of course, we had Cyborg talking about fighting Amanda Nunez, which also could be on that fight card. Um, Dana Wright really wants that fight. They've had three title fights on the same card before. We've seen that in the New York debut um, where Connor won versus Eddie Alvarez. I think we can have another Huge pay-per-view, because let's be real, I don't think they've topped a million after Connor, maybe GSP, um, but they're, they're hurting for pay-per-view numbers. Some pay-per-views are doing 200K. So if you can stack one card, Dre hates this shit, but you stack it and you go for the major numbers and you let the rest of the year figure itself out. Uh, Justin, do you like stack cards? How do you feel about the UFC right now? In general, uh, as a whole. Uh... Man, it's it, it definitely just it feels like the momentum is is going down and and, and it's and it kind of it's painful to say that just because like I've been watching since pre tough days and uh, you know like you know Shamrock Tito pay per view was like one of the first ones I saw and it's just kind of sad in a way that. The fights don't matter as much as they as they once seemed like they did, 
but at the same time, there's like there's um, some amazing talent still, and it's like like you just mentioned the Demetrius Johnson fight. Like that's who doesn't want to see that? Like that that's going to be an amazing fight, and he might be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, fighters that we've ever seen compete. And so it's kind of still you know it's still a pleasure to watch guys like that, but. I guess I would fall a little more on the Andreas side of I'm not I'm not crazy about these stacked cards because I feel like so many of the cards are weak right now. We see it with uh, UFC 21, uh, 221. It's like who's gonna buy that? Yeah, well, mostly due <laughs> so, to injury too. The injury has been killing them. Oh yeah, and uh, and then now they have the weight cut issues that are doubling it. They just had somebody drop off on this weekend <laughs> for not having hot water in a hotel room. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lose a co-main event. Uh, Dodson, John Dodson, by the way, is not getting paid, even though he may wait. And his opponent mm. did not. Uh, damn near nine pounds over because he did not have hot water in a hotel room. And obviously, I guess you can't cut weight without hot water. Dodson cut Apparently. weight. I, I swear to God, there's other hotels. I feel like you can make <laughs> right. it happen. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that went down, but... Lo and behold, it did, and so now we have another fight that's scrapped, and it's just it's kind of a mess. I think it's been the the Connor stuff with uh, Mayweather last year just exacerbated all their problems because now it's like okay, everybody just wants that payday, and so they have zero little control anymore that they thought they did because everybody is just out for theirs, and. You know, be, who cares about the rankings? Who cares about any of that stuff? <laughs> We're just, you know, Tyron Woodley wants to just fight whoever, whoever get him the biggest check. It's not about uh, defending against the number one contender at welterweight. Oh yeah, I'm I'm down for. I mean, Woodley at this point, since injuries and all this stuff, I mean, I wouldn't fight RDA either. I'd wait and see what's up with GSP, and oh, yeah. and wait it out. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Strip me? Connor hasn't defended shit. For like a year and a half. Like there's no yeah, precedent. Like if it's I just feel weird. like waiting, like so what? You can't do it. It's Give very me weird with belt. Connor because they can just point to Connor. It's like, hey, look at him. Yeah. Hey, you haven't stripped him yet. Yeah. And you just put the clock on him. Like you, you just strip him. Why are you going to strip me? And just go full on assault on them. Um, now this kind of feels like that lull, like in WWE when WCW kind of caught up and people are looking at Bellator like, oh my God. And Bellator has great young talent. Um, you know, still a shit show at the top, but great young talent, great champions, uh, mostly outside of this heavyweight division tournament, which is kind of a farce. But, you know, they, they have good fights still, good fighters. You just saw Rory McDonald. They didn't even let him headline a card because they want to put on a shit show between uh, Chelsea and Rampage. But we, we look at that, people are like, oh, Bellator could do it. And Bellator has that, you know, WCW, NWO feel right now. But... I think it's, you know, the same history repeats itself. And I think this is Connor chasing Floyd and then taking a year off is no different than when HBK lost his smile. We're just waiting it out. And people thought like, oh, my God, HBK can't carry a company. Or what if he doesn't come back? He lost a smile. And there's that lull, right? I think this is right. It's, it's perfect. It forces everyone else to step up. It's forcing you to find new stars. And when Connor comes back, he's just going to spearhead that. And I think WME knows it. Um, you know, you, they didn't buy it for a three-year return. If you're going to buy a company, if you're going to buy a sports organization, you're going to buy it for 30 years, not three. 
and you're a banker, you're going to have six Conor McGregor's in 30 years. And if they do, they're getting their investment back. Yeah. I think I think my biggest frustration with WME's management so far is just it seems like they won't uh, go for the single. It's always the home run. And they're not making like the marginal stars right now. And so that I think that's what's hurting a lot of the cards is there's just like there's not those sort of interesting guys or girls that are that we don't that not necessarily going to main event, but can get somebody interested in a card. You know, the 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 Clay Guida types, the Jeremy uh, Stevens, you know, these kind of yeah. guys that are just sort of interesting and fill out a card nicely. Like I look at a guy like the, he he was just on a card, uh, Gregor Gillespie, and he's got this ready-made fishing gimmick. Basically, <laughs> he's like he keep, he keeps after every fight, he keeps saying like I'm the best fisherman, and so it's like th- there's something to do with that guy. Like push him as a fishing <laughs> guy, you know. There there must be some fishing show that wants to listen to Gregor Gillespie. That I feel like there's a market for that somewhere. If you can push Cowboy Cerrone drinking beer, you can push a fisherman. Um, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I mean, they've, they've tried to handpick people and put them in that upper mid-card role, if we're going to use the refereeing, uh, the wrestling analogies. Um, they've tried. They just break out every time. Like, yeah. you know, Sage, Sage Northcutt looked ready-made. He was on karate books when he was 10. He looks like Ivan Drago's son. Like, he's marketable. But they were stupid and they let him fight at 170, where he had no business fighting. 155 pounds at 20 years old, probably he does well. 170, he took losses and it kind of, you know, derailed him. Paige Van Zandt, you know, loses every now and then. They tried the karate hottie. She gets beat. They, they, They tried to peg people. Who was the latest one? Like Almeida? Um, uh, I mean, it was a little while ago. Yeah, like everyone, everyone kind of stopped. And then you look at Francis. It's like he's the next yes. one. And then you break out there. So they, they can control only what they can control. True. But I think I think you'd have to admit, like, with especially with Sage and Paige, it's like they're going for a look, not performance. Um. No, I mean, they're both talented. Don't get me wrong. No, like... I wouldn't say that. They're talented. They have the skills. They don't have the experience. Well, that I mean, and, but that, and, that's what I'm saying is like if you get some people that are get on win streaks, like why not push those people is what I'm saying. Because let's just call a spade a spade. Some people are just boring as shit. Tyron Woodley, you know, big ups to him and his social efforts and all that stuff. And, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, he speaks out and he speaks, you know, about the racial things. But let's be real. He's not dynamic. Like, I'm not tuning in paying money to see Tyron Woodley. Like, he's kind of boring as shit. And he's not the most boring person they have. Uh, I just talked to Stipe today. That shit's like watching paint dry at times. It's just, it is what Demetrius Johnson is great for nerds. Like, and I love it. I'm a nerd at heart. But not everyone is. You'd be surprised. I wear a wrestling shirt. We think that shit's cool. We're like a minority in the four percentile. Like we're we're very small. 
True, but so, I, I feel like they gotta they gotta play to it when they got it. You but know, it's, it's like not, Demi- it's not far reaching. When- Who know how many people honestly know what the hell Twitch is? Let's be real. And and fourteen year olds aren't buying UFC tickets. So who who are we marketing towards? Twenty five, forty demographic men. How many people honestly know what the hell Twitch is? <laughs> well, I am not a marketer or anybody <laughs> that, uh, that that knows that number, but I, I guess it yes, it is a much younger audience. Yeah, like you you just you we have a time now where we have kings of very small niche markets. And mm. people are saying push them. To who? Like, yeah, we can push them to the five percent of people who go on Twitch every day. Or even know how the fuck to sign up for Twitch or get it on the app. Like, my son probably watches more Twitch than me. And I'm pretty well versed with it. Like, it's it's not what people make it out to be. They're like, UFC should push them. Okay, but some people are just boring as shit right now. It, you it don't think, like, Demetrius would be, like, just somebody to push, like, in gamer type of outlets? Just in general, you know, like you got EA Sports UFC coming out. Like, why not have him be a big part of pushing it? I think he was just playing someone. They just had him push. He was at the New York reveal, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was playing video games against someone. I just saw a picture. um, Some actor. See, like for him, like I just I would have him plaster like every like Kotaku and and Polygon and all these little gaming sites and game spots. Okay, you, like, you why have, not make him the guy? You have him push UFC three, right? Mm. Then the people who like video games, who like UFC, are probably going to buy that shit anyway. They'll buy it with Connor on the cover. The difference is people who don't give a damn about a UFC video game, who play Call of Duty, who just own Xboxes for a Blu-ray, they see Connor and might try out the game. He doesn't have that appeal. Like, the game would sell a lot more units if Connor get his ass up off the couch and do a couple appearances. Well, but we know that's not happening. No, because they'd have to pay him the world to do that shit. But it's just the fact of, I, I think people overestimate the value of these champions. They are amazing fighters. John Jones is the best fighter, arguably, in all of MMA history. He is a horrible person and dry as shit as well. Like, if he was full-on heel John Jones, maybe. But he's been, my father's a pastor, God this, God that, thank you, and then snorting cocaine backstage. That's just how it's been. Like, there's nothing to push a lot of times. DC is actually great. They can play up on certain aspects of DC. But even him, he's, you don't look at DC and scream star. The best thing DC has done in his career, honestly, is think about cakes and pies. Cakes and chicken, whatever the fuck that song was. That's the most popular mainstream appeal he's had. Shirtless with cakes and, and chicken. So it, it's not like they have a ton to push. Rose is cool, and they could have pushed her for a second, but then she went G.I. Jane and vegan, and now she's in, in the niche market. So well, it, it's so weird. I, I to think there's like just a there's reality that... Push. There's not. Well, I think there's just some reality, though, that UFC is niche. Like, it's like... <laughs> That's what it is. It's MMA is going to be niche. But it's fighting like, isn't. Connor showed that. Fighting isn't. Yes. Yes. When it, when it's when it's that you know 
crazy of a guy. <laughs> or Rondo, you know? right? Or, you know, Chuck Liddell or Rampage when he was... People want, and I believe this wholeheartedly, in fighting and combat sports, they don't want nice people. Because mm. you're emotionally invested. You don't, you don't want to see your buddy old pal being punched in the face. You want to see the shit-talking asshole get punched in the face. Or you want to see the badass chick who doesn't give a fuck, who's saying, oh, I beat up men in movie theaters. Fight. You, you want to see people who are outcast in society. You want to see the Chael Sonnens, who just talk shit all the time. I think the pro- only problem with that is then you get the Colby Covingtons. <laughs> Which people would want to see. If, I don't know. I, don't if, know. I, I feel like people just Wonder are not Boy, buying this with if, him. No, but if Wonder Boy had Colby Covington's attitude, they'd have a star in their hands. <laughs> if for some reason Cody Garbrandt wasn't like the nicest make-wish guy with tattoos in the world, like you look at Cody Garbrandt, you'd be like, damn, he got the look. They should push him. And then you put a camera in front of his face and he's just like, yeah, I fight. Um... This is my guy who I'm doing Make-A-Wish with, and we're so cool. And it's like, fuck, he was a badass for two seconds. Then he's the nicest guy in the world. Then the whole shit, like the whole, it's like, boom, you burst the bubble. You, they want to see animals fight. That's just what it is. You put two people in the cage, they want you to be an animal. They don't want you to be a soccer mom. Like, it, it's just how it is. And I don't think people in MMA and just media in general understand that. They want people to get pushed, but for what? You, they, people want Mike Tyson. They want you to bite someone's damn ear off. They want you to be scary. They want you to be Floyd throwing money around. They want you to do shit they hate. They want animals. And that is what sells. Or you can have a country behind you. But we don't got that shit either. We don't got a Canelo in UFC. Mm. You give me a Canelo. That, that was Connor's first trait. Before the loud mouth and the antics and the money and, and acting like Floyd Money Mayweather, which he had, you know, he did very well. He played up those aspects of his uh, his persona. Before that, he had a country behind it. And that's why Triple G is successful. He has that foreign flair. That's why Khabib has the best chance of being the second best star on that roster. Because he has a country behind him. You can do that. And Khabib's scary as shit. He's talking trash during fights. He's asking Dana, like, hey, you impressed? People love that shit. I know, but do you feel like he's getting he's getting pushed? I think if you look when Connor, even like Tony Ferguson, when he won his last fight, it was like, oh, who do you want to see Connor fight next? People like Tony Ferguson. All right. And then GSP wins. Do you want to see Connor versus GSP? Yes. Or do you want to see Conor and Nate Diaz rematch? Yes. And, and those were winning all these stupid polls, right? And then now every poll, you poll right now, who does Conor fight when he comes back? Khabib wins in a landslide. True. He is more popular now than Nate Diaz, who broke records with Conor, than GSP. He will outsell all of them in a fight against Conor. Because he's scary. I don't know. I don't know about I think so. GSP. I, I think Connor GSP will obviously sell amazingly well. That that's just come on, that's just math. Like these these guys are superstars. But I think the aspect of Connor actually losing and getting mauled by a guy who's very triple G ish. 
who for a guy who's very scary and does just real crazy shit. He's crazy to to people who are just not mainstream. They just show a package of him beating on someone. You know, I must submit you. I don't want to break your arm. I just need title. He's talking to people. People love that shit. And I, I think he can sell as much. I, I think he could be the second biggest star in the UFC. Because he's different and he's scary. And that's all people want. People want the Kobe Covington just being fringe racist. And I'm being very nice to him. He's being fringe racist. And they don't give a fuck. They want that. That's that's what the UFC can push. There's not enough of those guys. It's just there's not. Well, I'm interested to see if you if your if your theory comes true because I I agree. I think Khabib should be that big, but I just don't see the UFC giving that giving him the power to do it because I just haven't seen it yet. Oh, like, I think Dana's already, all in on. He it. should already be huge. Yeah, like the Khabib time. All the. Um, Watch, when the Ferguson fight comes up, Ferguson's not going to be on ESPN. I bet you Dana takes Khabib. I think they put the rocket on his back. Only thing he has to do is prove that he can make weight and stay healthy. True. True. His health has been a factor. Yeah, but if he showed that for one fight and Dana's like, I'm in love with this guy. Khabib time. Like, he's he made Khabib time. Like, big drama show with Triple G shit, he, he coined Khabib time. He's going to run with the Triple G just gimmick with Khabib and run that shit to the moon. And when you have the guy with like Conor McGregor and now people want to see Conor lose and they're doubting him. And then you have Khabib, who's the hero, the baby face, but he's a scary baby face. That It works so well, that dynamic. Somehow the foil was created just by Khabib being himself. But being himself is scary as hell. You shouldn't... Just trash talk grown ass top five ranked men in the octagon for 25 <laughs> minutes. Like, like this shit's cake talking to Dana. How's this round? You like this round? Watch what I'm about to do. I, I'd be right back. I talk to you in five minutes. Like, what? Like, he had no fear of getting knocked out. He said, I'll be right back. He's going against Barbosa. Hold on. Hold that thought. I'll be right back. Shit's incredible. And I think they'll play that up. Um, so, we're not going to talk about Mayweather uh, teasing a UFC fight because that shit was a money grab. And I'll never believe that in my life. And I was a person who always believed in Conor going to boxing. I am never believing that Mayweather steps inside an octagon. No way. No way, no how. Let's see. Uh, Rousey full-time with WWE. We'll talk about this here so she doesn't dominate and overshadow our wrestling and rumble coverage. Right. We will be anti-WWE. We will not let her overshadow a great night or a great segment. <laughs> so we're just going to put it out there first. Rousey returns. Uh, she makes her debut at Royal Rumble. She looks like the pointing m- monkey from Family Guy that just points all the damn time. She's pointing at the sign very awkwardly. Uh, she has the Piper stuff going for her. Says she wants to do it full time. My question to you, Justin, will it work? I have a lot of doubts about it. I think it'll be fine starting out. You're but, being nice. I like it. You're a nice guy, Justin. But I just, I can't see, like, it's just, it's going to wear off soon. It's just, it's everything, it's what WWE does. It's 
the shiny new toy comes in and everybody's excited about it. And then a few months later, it's just there. I mean, they kept Brock, right? Like Brock came back from the UFC and they, they kept that angle and they found different angles to work. But he wasn't full time. Like she wants to be apparently. Oh, that's true. He's very part time. Very part time. Um, Right. I think, I think it's like in WWE is this weird place where you get over by not being on TV. You know, Dudley boys are not make their big return, get this huge, massive pop, and then they just become this irrelevant tag team months later. You know, it's just it's weird things like that. You know, Bobby Roode shows up with this the glorious and all this stuff in NXT, and then by the time he gets to the main roster, eh, just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, that's a damn shit. Punishing people. Yeah, Nakamura is not even getting that much love. Right, Nakamura, like, just now is rehabbing himself, and it's all based off him winning the Rumble and everybody just being excited for the AJ Styles match. And But this is all based on stuff New Japan built. It's not even <laughs> WWE built. Everyone's hype as hell off of a New Japan co-main event. Exactly. So that's just, I think that's the problem for Rousey is, like, You've already got some diminishing returns because she's not the star she once was. And so she's coming in and it's going to be excitement for when her first match and her first little thing. But then it's like, then she's going to just be appealing to wrestling fans. Like people, there's just not going to be that many people that are just into the Ronda Rousey show that are going to stick with three hours of Raw every week. Do you put Heyman with her? I don't think it's a bad idea. It, it, I mean, because I really have a lot of questions about her just as a character and as a as a promo. Because those those little like vignettes they did during the the May Young Classic, like that was bad. Like her acting is bad, and <laughs> it's not good. And, and then she yeah, got to do it live. That's her taped acting too. Ooh, right, she got to be bad live. And then so, and I think the other the other problem. Is with her is and maybe it's just like giddiness, just because she's finally getting to do this right now. But it's like she's smiling so much, and like that's so anti the Ronda Rousey persona. Yeah, somehow they have to challenge what made her badass. Mm-hmm. Like she, they have to tell her and trick her into having the fight week persona and those nerves and that attitude, and, and treating this like it's real. Because right now she's exactly. treating it like it's fake. And like she's oh, yeah. a little girl who's just happy to be like, no, you have to treat it like it's real. Your attitude has to be like it's real. And then it'll come off as genuine. Shayna Baszler right. does an amazing job at that. Exactly. I think it was like you saw that problem right there in that in that rumble moment where she's at she's at the end and she puts the hand out to Asuka. And Asuka is supposed to be the most badass woman in the WWE right now. And she slaps the hand and like Rousey just smiles and giggles and goes back to pointing. And it's like, oh, what did we just do here? Yeah, she had such a good opportunity, too. Like, if she would have just looked like the, the Rousey walk to the ring, to the octagon stare at Asuka. If she would have just pushed both champions to the side and gave Asuka the death stare with the two of them. And then no breaking eye contact and then points to the side, everyone explodes. Exactly. No, I I mean that's that's it. It's the whole it's just it's all about 
believability. And like right now, it's just it feels very. It's hard to see this working as is. Now I'm not saying don't give her a chance, and it's like, but right now it just feels like, hey, Vince McMahon saw his money making opportunity, and he doesn't really care if it has diminishing returns. No, 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 because it exploded. Like he'll get three big, big moments from her, mm. and then it's worth it, right? Like if you get three big moments, if you get this Mania, SummerSlam, next Mania. Yeah. It's worth the investment. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's it wouldn't be it wouldn't be bad if you get that much. I think the big question is the in betweens, is because that's all. And I, honestly, that's always a problem with WWE. It's just like, what what are y'all doing to make people watch besides them? Yeah, that's that is the key. Like you got to keep them entertained in the intermediate. But I think she wants to have babies with you know with Brown and all this shit. So I'm assuming she'll take a maternity leave somewhere. And then her return will get a pop. I guess. Uh, okay. So, I, how how long do you think she actually sticks around? Like, do you think she falls in love with this and has a second career as a wrestler, or do you feel like she's gonna just be a, 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 a pop in for a while and then it's like, okay, I need to get out of this before <laughs> because <laughs> this is not right. I, I think the grind. I think she underestimates the grind when mm. when she says full time. Um, yeah, I think she underestimated the grind completely. So I, I think that's going to, that's going to be retracted soon. I think she'll be on like more of a Cena schedule, a little bit more often than Brock. Um, but if she comes back for every, you know, the big five pay-per-views, uh, I don't think she has to wrestle on any of the intermediate ones. Hmm. So I would do that. I would have her rarely wrestle on Raw. Rarely. Um, that should feel special too. So you, you have to build all these moments to feel special. And then I think, you know, she wrestles for a year and a half. We'll see her next year, Mania. I think she has a baby. She's out for a year. Um, you know, they, they follow her around, maybe throw on Total Divas for the baby shit. Even though she doesn't like that. She, but once again, you got to earn the money, right? Like you got to be an asset for Vince. So I don't care what the hell you like. But um, if they follow her with having a baby on a Total Diva style shit, and then she comes back to a big pop the year after, you know, maybe the build up for Mania or the Raw after Mania after dropping the, you know, having the baby, and you, you build from there. So I, I think five years she has it. I think she has two years off in between to have kids. You know, just, okay. you know, back for a year, wrestle the big, you know, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, next baby. Come back, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. So I'll give her three Manias, two SummerSlams. Okay. See, you're a little more ambitious than me. I I, I don't see it. I think I think max two Manias, and I think like you you're mentioning, she comes back, gets pops. Get I I'm very skeptical about how over she's gonna be with the wrestling audience. I think. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, be all based on what happens at this mania, who she faces. No, they're, they're but, protecting her though. She's gonna face Stephanie and Trips, and she's got a partner. All right, right. That I'm saying, but so as long as she doesn't mess with the other the the real women's wrestlers, so to speak, she'll be fine at this mania. But I think the minute she gets in there 
against somebody that like <laughs> the wrestling fans want to protect. Like if it's Oscar or Sasha Banks or Charlotte, what if or she wins like, Money in the Bank? Oh man, <laughs> I, I just I think there's there's a high chance of that Roman Reigns boo. Like oh, there's just shit. just that that just revolt, just depending on how she's booked. Oh yeah, well, I mean she's gonna I just, get booed out the building the day she beats Oscar. Right, it's, I think that's one of the big problems. Is just there's, I don't. I mean, obviously there is overlap, but there's just a ton uh, with MMA. But there's a ton of wrestling fans that just do not care about MMA. So Ronda Rousey means absolutely nothing to them. Yeah, she's just Vince's girl, right? And they'll boo the shit out of her for it. No, no different than Roman Reigns. It's Vince's guy. She'll be Vince's girl. Um, yeah. All right. So we talked about Ronda to nausea, actually. Uh, but she will not overshadow the segment. I promise you. Uh, NXT Takeover is the star of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, Takeover Philly went down. The first five star match in WWE since Punk versus Cena. We saw that there. Uh, let's start with the tag match. So we had Undisputed Era, aka Red Dragon. Um, and we saw them against AOP. And I liked that match. I liked it more than I feel like a lot of people did. Um, I thought the story they told was great. Uh, Chopping down the tree is always a great story for little guys against bigger wrestlers. They did it really well. And then I like, you know, just a quick roll-up finish. Keep AOP strong. I I think it was a good match. It was it was fine. I think my biggest problem was it it just it didn't feel like there was much of a story leading up to the match. It just felt like okay, we kind of need a tag match, so here's the tag match. And it, it was just a little bit of letdown on that end because TakeOver's been having some of these great builds on the tag matches. You know, you had DIY, Revival. You had Revival, um, uh, American Alpha. You had and, – and, and the AOP's run too. With uh, so And AOP just kind of felt like they were kind of there because they're still in development on so. – yeah, so they did a match. Kind of need them to do something, right? So that was my only issue, but it was a fine match. It was it, it was it was cool. It was a, a decent opener. Yeah, and then we have Velveteen Dream versus Cassius Ono, which I think a lot of people thought like, "Oh man, this match could steal the show." Uh, it was funny. The spot to start off was funny with the KO and not going for the pin. That was hilarious. But uh, a couple botches and Velveteen Dream just didn't work as well with Ono. As he mm-hmm. did before. Um, yeah, they were just a little choppy together. The styles were a little bit too different. Maybe they didn't have enough time to work. It was a late addition to the card. Yeah. So during the NXT tours, they didn't get to work on this. Maybe like some of the other wrestlers did. I think it showed. And yeah, I don't think it's the Dream's best match or you know, Ono's best match. But it was okay. I've seen worse on the main roster. Yeah, I, I I didn't like the match. I I mean, it was another problem of a match for the sake of the match. Um, there was, and I think that really hurts Velveteen Dream, just because he's such a character. He's not, you know, and, and he's and he's still young and and you know relatively green. So it's not like we're expecting him to put on these um, this amazing match, even though he did with Aleister Black. Um, but I think that was a big thing that hurt him was just that. He was given nothing. He was just facing uh, KO for the sake of facing KO. Yeah, just to be on the... Right. 
and it's still show. and it's still kind of depressing for me that Chris Hero is just relegated to jobber to the stars now. I think that's where he wants to be. He's like a player coach at this point. I don't, yeah, I don't begrudge it. I just it it, it kind of sucks. Like he was so good on that last indie run, and like he's been so good in his career. It's just it kind of sucks. He's, and it's like he's let himself go even more, which shows me he gives zero fucks about like being pushed or being like right. the Bay He's like, yo, listen, I'm just trying to work with the most talented guys down here and show how to really work a match. Right. That uh, I think I think you're right that that he's kind of settled in that role, but. Man, it's just it's kind of it's kind of disappointing just because he's not that he's not you know over the hill yet like he can still go. Oh yeah, and so but he's thirty. I don't know. I think he's maybe he's looking for that long term job. Right. Like, like he, I, I don't mind a, down here in Orlando for the next twelve years. Yeah, twenty years. It's not. Bad. I do hope somehow, some way before he before they wrap it up. I hope he gets another go with Cesaro for one last Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> that would be great. Main roster debut. One main roster match, him Cesaro. Um, then we have Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. I didn't like this match as much. It, it just seemed like weird spots. And understand, uh, Baszler went for her like, "Oh, I'm gonna break your arm." Stomp. She did, and then it was a long sequence of submissions, uh, an armbar, I believe, that lasted like three minutes, and then a roll up. Yep. It, it just didn't. It wasted the talent of both women. It showed Baszler's character, but in defeat, it felt like it was all about her and building her character, and the match was to make her shine when you have a champion in there. So I don't understand that logic. I agree. This this match like really derailed the show for me almost because it's just those first the first two matches didn't hook me much, and like this one. I just didn't like it at all, and the, the my biggest problem was that was that submission spot. It's like the submission psychology in wrestling desperately needs revamping because like people sitting in arm bars for three minutes is is just completely takes me out of it. Yeah, no, they need a little bit new Japan, more new Japan in that regard, where they constantly have reversals. Mm. It looks like a lot like jujitsu in New Japan, like you know, like one guy will switch into this and then you go into that. Um, those spots are always more exciting and going back and forth through submissions and rolling and, and landing different types of submissions. Uh, shout out to Undertaker. Some he incorporated on the main roster level where people are like, Ooh, that's so cool. I don't know why he didn't catch on with everyone else. I, I know some people don't like it, but like to me, one of my favorite guys that does submission based wrestling right now is Zack Sabre Jr. And it's just, he constantly, chain stuff together and it's so much more interesting to watch yeah he's very good at that uh i've notoriously said zach saber jr in the wwe has a ceiling of ic title and that's it uh danny acosta from our group chat and you know sirius xm and stuff hates when i say that shit um <laughs> but that's just the truth like his ceiling is ic champion and that's not a knock listen some people don't get that damn far um Sami Zayn is still fighting for a belt. Motherfucker can't touch gold on the main roster. I said the same thing about him. Like his ceiling is IC champion in that character. Um, And I feel like the same thing about Zack Sabre Jr. But that is not a knock that say he can't wrestle. His style is very unique and chain stuff together. And it's really dope. It's great for New Japan. So I'm enjoying him over there. Um, Need to see more of that on main roster. Hopefully it changes. Because a guy in our next match, Aleister Black, has no power moves. It's all strikes. 
and submissions. And that shit works. So the the character carries him even without a, a skill set that is you know desirable to the Vince McMahon's or the traditional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So that's very dope. Um, what's your thoughts on the Black versus Cole match and Extreme Rules? Was it needed? The the stipulation that is. Uh, I'm not sure if it was needed, but it made for a great match, and obviously, it being in Philly. Uh, having ex- extreme rules was uh, was a nice little touch, and it was it was incredibly fun, and it it did give a way to have uh, Red Dragon come you know come out and interfere and not be you know have a stupid you know ref bump or <laughs> distraction that it just was allowed, and then uh, you know it also allowed Sanity to get involved too. Yeah, I feel like they just wanted a Killian Dane spot. <laughs> Like, right? Like, Sanity just came out just so you can see, like, oh, this Killian Dane big-ass dude can go. Like, right. oh, he, he did a dive? What? He's like 300 pounds. Um, no, but I, I like the match. I like the flow of the match. Uh, I would have loved if they just let Adam Cole bleed. But I understand you can't just let people bleed out nowadays. It's PG television. But, you know, a little bit of color would have went a long way for that Man, match. That, that The one spot that was... That like it still hurts me thinking about it was that spot on the chair where they got <laughs> where they he turns it around and then Cole goes on top of the chair. And it was that's so just stiff, it's so perfect. The chair had no give. Yes, that chair was op- That chair was like the the New Japan tables where this mm-hmm. shit was like you're going, I'm not. It's zero give, no break under that. It was perfect. Um, the double knee spot onto the table was dope. Because I was wondering, like, Alex Black has no power moves. How the hell are you going to put someone through a table? Uh, well, he showed that you could just double knee someone hard as hell through a table. <laughs> so that was cool. I thought it had good spots all the way around. The kendo stick spot was super dope. With the backflip, perfectly timed. And I, oh, I liked well. the finish. Uh, yeah, it, it carried through. 22-minute match, and it seemed like it was over in a blink. Oh, yeah. Very, me. very... Very, very watchable. Very, uh, I really liked the, really liked what they did, and I really like how they're handling Aleister Black. And I, I don't mind Adam Cole losing. He's in a faction strong enough to let him lose. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it hurts him at all. Eventually, we all know we're not stupid. He's going to win. Eventually, <laughs> right. he's going to be champion. He doesn't need to do so now. But you, guy comes out and he just says, "I." He just goes, "Adam Cole," and everyone, "Baby," like. There's no way there's that many ROH fans in the world. So this shit is catching on. It even happened at the Rumble. And we'll talk about, like, it was like, okay, well, maybe it's just like the small NXT crowd. No, the Rumble did the exact same thing. So he's catching on. He has the Shawn Michaels look, which if you talk to any 90s wrestling fan and they're just like, oh, like there's something about him. He kind of looks like HBK. That's going to help him a ton because it familiarizes him and people believe him. So I, I like that. I like that match a lot. And then we have the five-star match of the weekend. Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano. Um, Got to mention, with Selena Vega. Selena Vega has just turned this man's whole career around. Indeed. He gets the big entrance of the night. You ever thought you'd see that? They gave Cien the amazing entrance of the night. He felt like no, a champion. That was yeah, right. I agree. That was like the first. Like To me, when he won the title, it was just very... It just kind of happened. Like I, I, I understand. Like the Zelina Vega angle had had started, and 
she had turned him around. But it was like, I, I was not expecting him to get the title that quickly. And this was the first night that he felt like La Sombra again. And the match was, so, the mask was so dope. Oh, yeah. I popped crazy when he came out in the mask. It's like, oh, La Sombra is back with the Mariachi band. It, it felt like Del Rio. And uh, Ryan McKinnell was on the show a couple weeks ago. That's what he wanted. He loved that Del Rio character. He said, this is what the guy should be. And if people remember, Del Rio had the manager. Del Rio had that bigger than life feel. He had the entrances with the, what was it, limo? Mm -hmm. That brought him out. It, it, they made him feel like a champion. And they did the exact same thing for San Amos. And that's what was needed. He has the valet now. He has the heel role. They bring out the full band, the, the mask. Everything feels like a champion now. And that's that's amazing. He, that's what he needed. And the match was great. What can I say? Five stars. Melted. I'm upset Melted didn't give this shit 5.75 now that he broke the system. Like, Melted, you just went for five? What year is this? Five is disrespectful after you're giving shit in New Japan 7.7s. Like, come on, man. But nonetheless, he at least gave it a five. Uh, on a broken ass scale now, and uh, it, it's great. And we won't talk about spoilers, even though I'm sure I know you read them, and I read them as well, because I can't stay away from the dirt sheets. <laughs> but we won't talk about the spoilers. But I like the direction everything is going in. Uh, old man Andreas will not like it, as you put in the group chat. You're like, oh, he's gonna lose his damn mind with this angle, and he probably will. But he dislikes everything, so I like the angle that's coming up, and. Uh, I'm excited for that Mania weekend. Have you gotten your tickets already? I have not gotten my tickets yet. I, I I don't know if I'll be going to Mania itself, but I'll definitely be going to all the indie shows and definitely going to ROH now that they uh, had their big announcement. Wait, so you're choosing, and the announcement's cool, you're choosing ROH Supercard of Honor over NXT TakeOver. I gotta, I gotta. I, my, my logic was... That I will, most of the people on the NXT card will probably be coming to Louisiana again. The Japanese wrestlers going to RH may never do it again. No, that's that's fair. That's that's, that's fair logic. Yeah, how many times you get to see Kota Ibushi in person? Exactly. And you know, and then the Bucks. It's gonna be a good card. It's just NXT Takeover. I hate that it's the same night now. Mm. They definitely uh. Definitely hurts on that one. Um, so that no, that was like we say, great match, great psychology. Talk all night about the match, great spots. Um, San Amos though looks like a million bucks, and that's how he, he did, should. He did. I mean, I think it was the right call for him to keep it. But man, I really, I as the match was going, I thought they were pulling the trigger on Gargano. Oh yeah, you felt that's what made the match so good, right? Because you, you mm -hmm. felt it. And he's the honest to God. Best baby face in the company. Oh, it's by just far. Genuine and real. And then the Champa spot, I like it. Don't interfere during the match. Wait until after. I don't care if it's becoming predictable. I love clean finishes. It's something we hardly see on the main roster now. Give us mm -hmm. clean finishes. And that's all we need. And uh, I, I love that angle of it. Everything was just done spot on. Everything, everything, everything. Um, and I can't wait to see what they have next. Uh, let's talk about the Rumble, because, you know, oddly enough, talking about Meltzer scales, this was the highest rated Royal Rumble pay-per-view in history, according to Meltzer. I, not pay-per-view, but I mean as far as match, men's match. 
It's the mm. number one Royal Rumble men's match of all time. We don't got to talk about the small um, matches around it. The AJ Styles match and all that. Stuff. I, I don't like the handicap factor on it. Mm-hmm. I think it weakens, you know, KO and Zayn. But it was for plot, so I understand. They spent the last three months building up Shane and Daniel Bryan. You had to create a plot between these guys now. So I, I like it. And we you get dissension between uh, Cammy And they're building that out uh, on SmackDown. So that was cool. You know, they need to drop that name Ace out. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Yeah. Um, Jason Jordan's injured, so Seth Rollins had to kind of just go on the fly. In his match, uh, Brock Lesnar and Strowman. Anything stood out in that Strowman match for you? I mean, how long can Strowman lose? Let's be real. Yeah, I think I think the big question with that is just a what's he doing at Mania now, and b. It, it, when are you gonna pull the trigger on him? Because it's like they, you, he can't—he can't keep being the most interesting guy on the show and not eventually put the title on him. And he seems like the guy. He has the look. He has the size. Everything Vince drools over. Why not push him? It's not like we're asking Vince to push Nakamura on Raw. You have a guy, your guy, handpicked, not from the Indies. You built him from zero to a hundred. Everything about him is you created. And why aren't you pushing it? Why is it still the stubborn Roman Reigns plot? Or does Vince change? I, I, I mean, to me, this is the time to do it. Like, I would, I would throw Strowman in the mix. Like, or, you know, I'm if okay you're, with if a triple threat. Doing, like, I'm, I'm right. all in for a triple threat. I agree. I, I think, I think Brock is real good. Is really good at him, like making him compelling. And so, because he needs his I'm, rest holds. And rest right. spots outside. <laughs> and so I'm all I'm all for it. I feel like they got to do it because uh, otherwise, you know, it's just the same thing we've been doing for a few years now, where we're just trying to cor- have a coronation for Reigns, and it's just no one is interested in it at all. You get booed off the damn stage. Um, one thing we do have to talk about is Brock Lesnar getting pissed at that knee and hitting <laughs> Strowman with some real fire. <laughs> Two pieces, one to the gut, to the dome. It's the best combination Brock Lesnar has thrown in his life. Hasn't even done that shit in the octagon. Clean, the just the, the work, the way he set up the punches. It was so smooth. If if he can build on that, I wouldn't mind another you know UFC run. You know, because that was so clean. Oh man. Yeah, it, it it was funny. I, I was surprised to see like there was so much outrage about it. I guess it's just like people, you know, there's a different generation of wrestling fans now and they don't remember like guys just sandbagging and, and throwing real punches at each other. It was like, but I, it was kind of, it was funny to me. I was kind of laughing when I, cause I was like, I saw Strowman knee him hard and I was like, Ooh, that was, that was stiff. And then he just came right back and popped him. And Strowman like kind of like buckled a little bit, like, oh shit, hold on. Yeah. And he took that in stride though, because he knew, like, oh shit, I really pissed him off. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the best moment of that whole match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the men's rumble. Is it, let's go back, is it the best men's rumble we've seen in the E? I, it's, it's hard, hard for me. To, it, it's hard for me to say it's better than 2001. Like 2001 was great to me. And Which one was I the two thousand one? That uh, was Austin's uh, third. 
That was like yeah, that was Austin's third win. That was the one where he he eliminates Kane. Like Kane had that crazy eliminations where he's just el- set the record. And then I think I believe the ending sequence is Austin getting Kane out of the ring, and that set up obviously WrestleMania 17, which is great. Best my favorite WrestleMania. Um, damn, that's right. But I feel like I, I like this mania or this rumble, um, probably not better than that one. You, you're right. And I, I love the HBK going from two all the way through. Um, mm. The Ric Flair one was very entertaining because Heenan made that one. <laughs> like Flair, Heenan, that, that's my favorite rumble because Heenan's investment in Ric Flair's safety was incredible. <laughs> and everything he did built up Ric Flair. It made him feel like a million bucks. And we know Flair already was, but man, that's. That's an introduction to WWE. Um, but even with that, I, I mean, I don't... This one I like because there weren't tag teams. There was no fluff. There was no fillers, you know? Everyone was a singles guy. Everyone, even though they're not getting a push, everyone was talented in this match. There's no Santino Morellis. Well, he's he Slater. <laughs> he Slater. And even he Slater had a moment. Everyone just crushing Heath Slater, starting with Corbin, and then no reason uh, Elias Samson just comes and just kicks him in the face on the way down while playing his song. And then it's Seamus' birthday, 40 years old. He comes in, eliminates him in one second. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Um, I, I liked everything. Everyone felt big. Um, I, I didn't understand the KO, Sami Zayn angle. You know, eliminating Ty Dillinger or, you know, not letting Ty Dillinger come in. Uh, I, I expected Kevin Owens to come in at some point. I didn't know why Goldust was in there, except he's getting close to most Rumbles ever mm. record. Um, so I, I guess that might be it. Maybe they let him break that record before he retires next year. Um, so that that might be their their play going there. But I didn't understand why KO wasn't in it. Outside of that, though, I liked it. No, Yeah, no tag teams, no, no fluff. You know, we don't get the stupid... Uh, what the hell are their names? Oh shit! I don't even, the Ascension. <laughs> uh, we don't get the Puerto Rican dudes. None of that shit. Everyone had a place, so I liked it. And uh, we of course get the pop of Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah, and he Hurricane got, he was funny his, too. Uh, Ray Ray got his redemption after being booed when he wasn't Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a damn shame. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, that, that was great. Uh, Ray came out, and we had Adam Cole come in. Felt like a big deal. Cian Almas with a great showing. I, I love that they can tease an NXT champion coming in. Just because mm-hmm. you have the belt doesn't mean that you have to stay down. I thought everything was very well planned. And, of course, knock winning was great. Balor going from two to the final four was good. That keeps him strong. Interesting to see what feud that you could put up with the Miz to try to put gold on him. The IC belt, if you want to push a ballot club even more, I think they're going to great push. Or you can, you know, give him Cena at Mania. Continue the storyline, you know, Cena beats him twice um, leading up to Mania, or maybe cost Cena Elimination Chamber, him in the club. You start that heel turn and have Cena put him over at Mania. That's a push. You know, even without a title online, you beat Cena at Mania, you're, you're getting pushed. All right. Well, I'm. I'd, I'd, I'd be all for 
Balor getting a big spot like that, but it sounds like Cena is facing the old man, the 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 takers coming back. You watched the the WWE 24 after, right? Yeah. Like the WrestleMania one? Taker right. couldn't walk to the ring. Mm. Like he looked like he had wrestled a 50-minute Iron Man match. 60-minute <laughs> Iron Like he couldn't pull up his singlet. They had to put the elevator in the middle of the ramp so his old ass could make it to the ring. I'm okay with letting him go. I I I mean I I don't understand him coming back, but apparently he had a surgery that makes him feel better or whatever, but and I don't really and <laughs> He's I don't not really even get... on the drug testing policy. He's probably pumping whatever unicorn blood Vince is on. Possibly, possibly. But I I just think it's it is kind of one of those like typical WWE things that they don't they this was this is when they do Cena Taker not when everybody would have been freaking out about it years ago it would have been great last year right but for some reason the big dog had to go over which is horrible when they came by the big dog the big dog <laughs> so yeah that, but... I, I, I die a little every time yeah <laughs> my fiance dead ass just looks at me the other day when that's on and she's like why is his nickname the big dog like just out of nowhere like it might have been like he was on raw but it was like 30 minutes after he was on the screen and it was like just an epiphany like why is his nickname the big dog and i looked at her with a straight ass face and i was like there's no good reason for like it makes no sense and this is my yard like god he can't be any cornier um, each and just never speaking, just whoop ass. That's my favorite version of Roman Reigns. Uh, so I loved it. Knock one had been him eliminating the big dog and Cena made him look really strong. Dre said it would have happened. Dre is wrong again. And you can lose to gender two months ago and win the Royal Rumble. It's possible. And now we get AJ it versus... Is. It is, because uh, Vince doesn't believe anybody remembers anything. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Vince may have Alzheimer's, and he may not remember anything. That is true. So so you just never know. Never know what Vince, what Vince remembers from day to day. He's uh, bringing back the XFL. So he clearly doesn't remember 2001. <laughs> he just has no clue what the hell happened back then. Um, women's Rumble. It would, Rousey excluded. Because that shit don't count. Women's Rumble, did you like how it was? I, I thought it was too many uh, too many fill-ins. Mm-hmm. I, I know the roster is going to grow. So going forward, the Rumble will be a little bit better. They have to get more towards 25, 26 women, in my opinion. I would have liked to see the women we don't even know in NXT fill it out. What, what's happening to the iconic duo? Why didn't they come in? Why didn't we get um, you know, the Aaliyah chick who's made spot appearances? The, the black chick with the whip hair, who looks like she's from Mortal Kombat. Oh, uh, Bianca Blair. Bianca Blair, yes. Um, we we had uh, Nikki Cross could have made the appearance. Would have been yeah, great. I think, I think she's she was one. Her and Iconic Duo were probably the two glaring ones that didn't show yeah. up. It was a little bit too much uh, nostalgia. Some of those women labored through it. Um, mm-hmm. Molly Holly not being one. She almost killed yeah, Sasha, though. <laughs> the, the Kelly Kelly uh, Michelle McCool spot with the head scissors was painful to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, I, I wish I wish the crowd the crowd was very polite. 
But if there was yeah. any time to start a, you don't have it, boom, boom, like, <laughs> that's the time to break out that chant. Like, yeah, like, like no, you still got it, chant. Just go completely opposite. Because that it was painful in some spots. Um, the Glamazon looked good, though. Yep, she looked good. Trish still looked great. Uh, Trish, I, I, and I think the other thing was Trish is still over, and every time she faced off with somebody, there was like, Everybody started speculating about yeah, like her actually, dream matches. Yeah, another match. Uh, Lita almost killed herself. She did. I was uh, <laughs> came up she real, was not real ready short to do that on that moonsault. <laughs> real short. So that or they got way too far in the ring. Um, that was ill planned. Uh, Sasha Banks with the phantom kicks. By the way, is hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just weird to see. It was too much nostalgia. But all in all, not a horrible first rumble. And it's way better than the first Money in the Bank for women where James Ellsworth won. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a woman didn't even pull the damn briefcase. At least a woman won outright. Uh, they did Nia Jax dirty, though. I hate that they gave her the big spot, the big show spot. Mm. Well, I, I mean, let's be real. She's kind of the big show now. <laughs> oh, I mean, God. She is not the big show. Don't bury her she- yet. I think she is. She's just. She can't she's be the, the female Strowman. She got to be. She's big the show. big wrestler that gets beat all the time. Oh, that's horrible. She's. Oh, she, oh you're relegating her to Mark Henry status. <laughs> I call it like I see it. <laughs> that's that's. Oh, this Vince thinks too much like you, Justin and Vince, <laughs> Kinder Spirits. Um, I wish the show would be a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> um, all right, so Oscar wins and doesn't choose anyone. Where the hell are we going mm. with this? Yeah, um, the only reason I, I guess they're trying to have some like drama at the elimination chamber. I guess that was the aim, but just her not picking. I kind of feel like she's going SmackDown, and it's going to be her and Charlotte. I'm okay with that if Ronda doesn't go Charlotte. That'd be one hell of a match. Um, two best women on roster, right? Hands down, her and Charlotte. Uh, I would I would rank Banks ahead of of, of Charlotte, but still, two of the best. Ooh, all right. Um, yeah, I'll flip five. I put Sasha third, so that's not bad. Um, does Sasha take the belt at Elimination Chamber? Hmm. Elimination Chamber. I think uh, Raw has to have a triple threat for the women's title, by the way. I don't want to see Nia versus uh, Bliss, even though I think that's the natural storyline. Um, I want mm-hmm. heel Sasha to come back as well. Uh, maybe her and Bailey have a rift. They have a number one contenders match, too. Um, you know, Sasha either is champion or, you know, and then her and Bailey square off, or yeah, however you, you play it. If Alexa's still champion, her, she. Beats Bailey's ass for number one contender. Nia just is Nia and bullies her way into the match. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Sasha has to have her WrestleMania moment. I would I would love to see it. I I don't. There's there's certainly a chance for the heel turn. You know, like the way she lost to Oscar. Like maybe she's, you know, she's got to be she's got to be mean again to to win. So you know, some kind of deal like that. But uh, I have, that was one hell of a match, she, by the way. That, that, that was an amazing was, match. That match was too good for Raw. And I don't say oh, yeah, that, that. Way too good for Raw. They, they blew their load probably. on that. Yeah. So I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be 
Alexa again, just retaining till Mania and probably the Nia Jax storyline. It's hard to keep Sasha off of Mania. If, if Asuka goes SmackDown, Sasha's your only star power, like real star power on Raw. Oh, yeah. It, it, I, I think that's a real problem right now is like I, I don't think they truly see the most in Banks and Becky Lynch. Like those two, like if you threw that match, I mean, it's not possible right now with the roster alignment, but like that match would be people would be freaking out if that was on Mania. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I think, and no fault to them, I'll give them a reprieve on this, but I, I think they were really gearing up for a Paige-Sasha Banks match mm. at Mania. So if you go Asuka versus, um, versus Charlotte, Banks versus Paige, those are two strong women's matches. Indeed. Really strong. And uh, the Paige injury just threw shit for a loop. And oddly enough, they were working against each other. And that's... You know, that's clear side. You work against each other on the road. You're working on shit for a match, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just ended Paige, and they kind of just had to throw shit against the wall and see what stuck. Right. And, you know, the Enzo angle was the perfect breakup angle for Alexa and Nia, but then Enzo goes and goes full Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> so you scrap that whole shit. So it, their whole storyline for Mania is just kind of thrown out the window. Yeah, it, it definitely kind of. I think I think the one good thing is just that there's still so much time that they. I mean, there's there's time to be build something compelling. I think the only person that's just not recoverable right now is Bailey. Is just yeah, yeah. Bailey has they, to lose for a year and a half. I don't yeah. want to see her win any match. For a year and a half, lose everything and bad. I want to see her get squashed. <laughs> yeah, like just you got to be the ultimate loser again and build your ass right back up. Something you gotta. It, the only time you win, small package. I don't want her to have a finisher. <laughs> you like, don't want the no, the no, belly, belly to belly. belly. That shit sucks anyway. But <laughs> no, that's the second worst finisher on the roster. Okay, what's the worst? I've been clear about this from day one. The zigzag is the worst finisher in all of pro Ooh. wrestling. Not even on the roster. I'll take Joey Ryan's fucking. Penis finisher <laughs> over the zigzag, and he oh, just man. flips you with his cock. Like only thing you got to do is not grab it, and that's like, better uh, than the zigzag. It's like the scene of shoulder blocks; they just can't help it. <laughs> can't they got to throw that clothesline? Word, it's like you got to sit there. It's like the the people's elbow. It's like you're gonna sit here for eighteen minutes and just let him throw off the wrist. Like you know it's coming. Yes. Joey, the Joey Ryan strong wood is better than the zigzag. Hands down. It's the worst move in pro wrestling. And that <laughs> shit never looks the same twice. He just flails about his oily hair. And then somehow you land on your back. That shit is, I don't know. He does 8 million finishers. He steals everyone else's finishers. And he chose the zigzag. And, uh, don't get me started on Ziggler. Ziggler entered at 30. <laughs> And they do shit. I was so happy. That's what makes me so happy about this Rumble. I am so anti-Ziggler. It's insane. <laughs> Our first episode, I also said Ziggler ceiling was IC champion from there on forward. And Ryan uh, McKittle and Andreas fucking crushed me. And he hasn't touched the belt since. And he's been an ultimate jobber. And that's where he belongs. Down with I, Ziggler. 
I'm not sure he has to be a jobber, but I do agree jobber. with you that like he's not he's a mid card guy. I, at this point, I gave him mid card when I started. At this point, he's a jobber. Elevate my boy Ty Dillinger. <laughs> it would be nice if Ty got some love. They yeah. completely forgot he's on the roster. Yeah, I want Ty to go over on Ziggler Mania pre show. Listen, I'm at the point where I let Mojo Raleigh go over on Ziggler on the pre show. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Stay high, bro. I can't co-sign Mojo. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. That's that's what I feel about Ziggler right now. Um, all right, that's pretty much all of our wrestling stuff, except we have to talk about, because you're on the show, and indie uh, man through and through, Bullet Club is over. Or so it seems. We're getting a civil war that you're opting to go to instead of uh, NXT I TakeOver. Am. I am. I'm going to see the mega powers explode again. <laughs> so Cody Rhodes, who still is not a great wrestler, um, definitely not for that style. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega, arguably what the best in the world, top three. Uh, yeah, moment. top three at the very least. At the, at the very least in the world, him AJ and uh, him AJ and Okada are feuding for the top spot. Mm-hmm. I'd agree Harris. with that. Um. Versus Kenny Omega, can he turn in a classic, or will he stink it up against Omega? I think he can. I don't know if it'll be a classic, but I think he can pull it, put in a good match because a, it's Omega. And when was and the last B, time Omega is, had something that wasn't five stars? Like at this point, we got to start talking. Well, that Jay that Jay White match he just had was. <laughs> oh yeah, Jay White. Jay, I don't know about Jay White. Jay White, I thought he was going to figure it out, and I've cooled on Jay White. Yeah, in like a I'm month. Simil- in a month, I'm similarly cool on Jay White. I, I I haven't given up on him or anything, but I just I'm, I'm I did not like him in ROH and like so this this early run in New Japan. I uh, always liked him in ring though. I liked him in ring. He had a oh shit yeah, he's character. good in the ring. Now it seems like he has the great Switchblade character, and he's shit in ring. Or he's not shit <laughs> in ring, but he's not like holding up his end. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's had two mediocre matches. When his hat yeah. was hung on being good in ring. Like, you get a good yeah. character, you just fucking forget what to do. Um, maybe it's, he has to work it's, heel. It, yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of weird. It's very weird. I, I don't know. But hopefully he figures it out because they've apparently think the world of him. Yeah, he's he's that next guy. He's Kenny Omega's insurance policy. If Kenny yeah, ever jumps just, ship, he's just, whoop, you got a new leader of the elite and the bullet club. <laughs> Just reload. He has the look. Yeah, he does have the look. He does have the look. Yeah, they, I, they have uh, a type. So, but uh, going back to the Cody thing, I think Cody, this is Cody's shot. But I think the one thing Cody's got to get credit for is, like, he's playing this character brilliantly. Like, he, as much as, you know, some people, when they started doing that being Elite uh, video, like we're expecting it to be cold. Like I'm not sure there's anybody better that they could have picked than Cody because it's just like he's he's got like a Bond villain vibe now. He's always been an amazing character actor, though, right? Like the oh, yeah. d- the you dashing know. Cody Rhodes shit was gold mm. when he didn't show his face because it was ugly. He <laughs> he's great um, as an actor, and his promos were good. He just in the ring, he's just he's blah. That's, that's true. That's never I, good. I, I agree that he's blah, but I did. I, I think the the match with Kota Ibushi gave me hope. And his wife is mad annoying. <laughs> I'm gonna just say it. 
Like, like, listen, I'm not here to be politically correct. Brandy Rose is mad annoying. I'm never watching Total Divas with her on that shit. Like, she's not even on Total Divas. What do I talk? Wags. She's on some like random fucking show. She's stupid annoying. I can't do it. I can't. Okay. I saw a All picture. Right. Did someone use uh? It was some. It was Wags. It was whatever channel that's on. Okay. They were like, "How cute is it that her and Cody have their own custom handshake?" And she was too sweet in Cody. I almost <laughs> lost my shit. Like, I was like, what? Custom ha-? I was like, first of all, she shouldn't be too sweet in anyone. <laughs> Second, don't treat this shit like, oh, God. I-, I haven't been that upset since I watched this video of this white hippie woman. Uh, I don't know. It was like one of those like, little random videos that floated on Facebook. She went into Harlem and treated a chopped cheese like it was the most amazing shit in the world. <laughs> like, you guys Google that shit. And I was like, you culturally appropriated? I, oh, my God. I was like, she was like, can you believe it's only 250 And this kid is like ripping her throughout the whole video. And that shit got me tight. Because I was like, he was like, what are you, Columbus? You think you just discover something? Like, yeah, you really feel like that. Like, I hated that the channel said that. They got a custom handshake. Like, what the... Oh, you've never seen any wrestling? Who hired you? Like, you do no background research. I was so tight, I almost let him rip. But I was at work. I'm trying to be a better person. So I, I, I didn't tweet about this. Oh, God, that got me heated, though. Yo, if you find that shit on Twitter, Corner Club, air them out. Do it for me, Corner Club. Do it for me. Air that shit out. We're banning her from using two sweet or one sweet at this point. You know, that's probably what sent Vince over the edge. He saw that shit. He was like, nope, cease and desist. When, when, when Brandy starts using the two sweet, nah, 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 nah. yeah, we got to bring this shit back. That's ours now. Now now y'all went too far. Like, nah, nah, now it's over. Yeah, before she kills that shit. So that's that's my rant just, on Brandy Rose. You just added a, another element to the Bullet Club Civil War. She secretly killed the two sweet. Oh my God! If Omega one wing angels her through a table, give him all my money, all of it. <laughs> I, I would pay crazy amounts of dough, three times WrestleMania tickets to see her take a one wing angel through a table, and him just fucking stare there like Bubba Ray Dudley when you put Mae Young through it. Man, she's got Roman Reigns heat with you. <laughs> oh, it's it's next level. I'm passionate about this, Justin. You can hear it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so man that's our show we can end it on the brandy roads thank you for joining me the fucking flu hit vegas like the plague uh thanks for coming through you got to join us one day uh now that i got the setup for guests and everything's rocking i can have up to eight people on here we're gonna have the entire damn group chat on here and we're okay. gonna do a whole show maybe a mania week it'll just be all yep. of us and it'll be lawless and we'll keep the goddamn mikhail shit to a minimum but uh, I'm sure Danny's gonna cry. I always like Danny just cries out disappointment when I say some shit. So I'll be I'll be on my bag on that show. But thank you for joining us. Uh, shout out all your info so people can follow you. One of the most informative men in indie pro, you know, at all realms of pro wrestling. He's on his shit. NXT, indie scene, uh, man, Impact, everything. Justin is there, and then of course his day to day hip hop shit. So it's it's always dope, Justin. Let the people know where to find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Justin Ivy underscore and I-V-E-Y. And you can follow my writing 
every day, basically, on HipHopDX.com. Yeah, shout out to the site, HipHopDX. Keep it, keep it good man employed. I like it. And they cut the <laughs> check. You know, that. listen, ask AJ, a friend of the podcast, AJ Springer. It's, it's hard to get outlets to cut the check. It I, is. I love it. Hip Hop DX doing the right thing right now. Uh, you guys can follow the show at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, uh, Nurse Old Man Andreas Hale at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Next week he shall be back. It's been two weeks. I'm sure he has tons of ammo for me. I can't wait. I'm going to tell him all the shit he was wrong about. So you guys don't miss that show. It's actually going to come out on Wednesday. So it's going to be a quick turnaround. Enjoy this for the weekend. There's a UFC card if anyone watches that. We'll re- we're going to recap it. There's one every damn weekend. I don't Listen, man. They, they only got hot water there. That shit don't get a spot on our show this week. Until next week, though, we are out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.